Hello, suckers. This is Lizzie Borden, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Chip. This is JP. This is Carmen. From Chip Demonic, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Rocks. This is Dr. Metal from Dafka, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Stay metal. This is Quinn and Ed from Maker Switch, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hello and welcome to Iron City Rocks Podcast, episode 46. I'll be your host, John. The Iron City Rocks Podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music scene. Episode 46, we had the uh, great opportunity to speak to Lizzie Borden, who will be coming to town on the 28th of May to play the Hard Rock Cafe. So in this episode, we're going to uh, not only enjoy an interview with Lizzie and some of his newest material from his album, Appointment with Death, we're going to showcase a song from each of the three other bands on the bill that night. Uh, all podcast veterans, uh, Chip Daimonic, um, Icarus Witch, and Dafka. So really you're going to get a full 45 minutes of some of the best local metal Pittsburgh has to offer, and on top of that, Lizzie Borden. Uh, before we get into uh, the music and the interview, a couple news and notes from the uh, music scene in Pittsburgh. Uh, as many of you are aware, um, Brett Michaels had sort of a tragic uh, illness uh, problem with his brain stem bleeding, uh, and he is uh, miraculously returning to the road later on in the month of May. I know there is a date at Wheeling Island scheduled for the 31st of the month. I'm not certain that that date will still uh, take place, so if you've got tickets, you may be seeing his return to the road, uh, but you probably want to check before you drive out to Wheeling. Also announced uh, in the last week, Black Label Society, which features Pittsburgh's Nick Catanese on guitar, will be headlining the second stage on OzFest this year. Now, OzFest this year is a rather abbreviated uh, tour with only a handful of dates, but somehow the first Niagara Pavilion out in Burgettstown is one of those dates. So August 19th, you'll get a chance to see Nick play out there. Also, um, Reb Beach from Fox Chapel, who has been on our show in the past, uh, from Winger, will be coming home to do a date at the Fate Lounge, which is down in the Strip District, uh, used to be Rosebuds at one point. The show will be on the 16th of June. Uh, Winger and a band that will be featured on this show, Icarus Witch, will be opening that show as well. Also wanted to mention, if you haven't had the opportunity, uh, Pittsburgh's Bobby Blotzer, uh, who is a member of RAT, and we featured him on the show just a few weeks ago, talking about the new RAT album, Infestation. Well, up to that uh, point of the interview, the new album wasn't available, so I'd only heard a handful of songs. I've had the uh, opportunity to listen to the entire album now several times, and if you were ever a fan of Rat or that kind of good-time pop metal that uh, make you want to wind down the windows and crank it up, uh, I strongly recommend Infestation from Rat, a really, really strong album. Uh, also of note, the... What used to be the Icy Light Amphitheater, uh, the Amphitheater Station Square, has now officially uh, been named the Trib Total Media Amphitheater at Station Square. And uh, to get the uh, season started, the Insane Clown Posse, which is uh, sort of a hard rock, 
rap metal thing. Uh, we'll be playing a show out there on the 23rd of May uh, with all the mayhem that they bring, so that ought to be a good show. All right, now we're going to turn our attention back to the Lizzie Borden show. The show uh, will be May 28th at the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, we had mentioned a few episodes ago on the 21st of May at Ides Entertainment, which is uh, downtown near the Greyhound Station. They will be having a um, kind of a party on the 21st there to celebrate the Y&T uh, Face Melter album release. Uh, and also we'll be doing um, some great giveaways, not only for Y&T, but also some fun stuff for the Lizzie Borden show. Uh, just announced earlier this week, Chip Dimonic will be doing an acoustic set at Ides. So um, if Ides wasn't already the mecca of uh, cool places to go in town, uh, getting the chance to see Chip and the boys do an acoustic set and the chance to win um, the ability to see Y&T's uh, sound check the day of the show, uh, really certainly worth a trip. So Without further ado, let's get into some of the music. This is Chip Dimonic, a band that's been on the show several times. This is Life Imitates Porn. Sickos mind Now part of the cause 
One last day. Scorpions. 8 p.m. July 5th. Trib Total Media Amphitheater at Station Square. Scorpions. Get your sting and blackout farewell world tour with very special guest Cinderella. Reserve seats are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com, all Ticketmaster outlets, or by phone. For VIP ticket packages and more, visit TheTestScorpions.com.
that was Evocation from Dafka, uh, a real uh, intense group of musicians, a uh, great guitar work, always from uh, Jim Dafka. Uh, the next band we're going to get into uh, featured a little more recently on the podcast, uh, Icarus Witch, who is uh, getting some nice attention nationally. This is a song uh, called Serpent in the Garden from their latest album, Draw Down the Moon. Uh, they will be performing, as I mentioned earlier, with uh, Winger, Y&T and Lizzie Borden all this summer in Pittsburgh. So no shortages of chance to see these boys. This is Icarus Witch, Serpents in the Garden.
Diversity Madman. Without a rip it out. Got me a rock and roll band. It's a fever all. Friday, July 30th, the Trip Total Media Amphitheater at Station Square. Ted Nugent. The Nugent is loose. Tickets for Ted Nugent are on sale now. Get them at all Ticketmaster outlets, Ticketmaster.com, or call 1-800-745-3000. Presented by Trusty Entertainment and Pittsburgh Concert Group.
It is with great pleasure I welcome to the show the world-famous Lizzie Borden. Lizzie, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Everything's going great. Wonderful. Hey, I wanted to uh, get in touch with you. You guys are going to be rolling into town on the 28th of this May, uh, one of your earlier stops on your North American tour. Um, find out a little bit about what's going on in the world of Lizzie Borden and get us kind of pumped up and ready for the show. Um, oh, well, lots of things... Lots of things are going on. We are uh, we're playing everywhere. We decided to take the rest of the year and just play everywhere we can. And uh, we're doing, um, you know, the the USA. We're doing uh, we're doing a full European tour in August, and starting with the Vakken Festival, which is like 100,000 people. And then um, and then we move to Japan. And then South America, and it's just it's just uh, it's crazy right now. <laughs> let me let me back up a little bit to when you got started, just kind of briefly. When you started, I mean, obviously from a theatrical perspective, um, you you were obviously very influenced by Alice Cooper. Um, was was that somebody you kind of modeled yourself after, or, or were there other influences that kind of shaped what Lizzie Borden became? Well, it was actually Kiss that really did it for me. I mean, that was the first band that I had ever seen. Uh, by the time I got into Alice, his band had broken up and everything, and I saw the the Nightmare movie and stuff, but Kiss was the first band that I had ever went and actually saw, and I just was blown away by them, and they, they kind of, you know, molded everything that I do. Even though musically we don't sound anything close, it was... It was that you know impact that they had when I saw the show. I was just so blown away by it that uh, that it made me want to do it. Yeah, you're giving them a show now. Your voice, you've got a very um, kind of unique signature voice. Were you trained professionally to be able to sing that way, or did, did God just make you that way? <laughs> no, I train myself uh with uh you know everybody that I listen to you know as influences you know but I knew that uh, I didn't want to sound like anyone in particular so I really just listened to everybody you know from Ian Gillen and Glenn Hughes to uh Rob Halford to you know pretty much everybody and and the the you know the the uh I just kind of stretched and tried to 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 see if I could emulate some of that stuff and then I mixed so many different styles together that I kind of created my own. Yeah, I mean you've got such a you know your voice to me kind of rivals Jeff Tate. That's kind of when when I listen to your material, I think of a lot of like the Rage or Jeff Tate, who I know was kind of classically trained, and I often wondered, you know, did you have that same kind of background or you just kind of suffer through the pains of learning to sing that way? Yeah, I just uh, just just listened to, like I said, Glenn Hughes and, and Ian Gillen and uh, Rob Halford and Klaus Mine and you know people that were there that were innovators. Uh, you know, they were doing some. You know, and Freddie Mercury and you know uh, lots of just everybody really that was uh, that was that was doing some innovative stuff way back then, and and that stuff just kind of uh, you know I mixed and matched and tried to you know be able to hit those high notes and once I accomplished that then I you know I started working on my lower register and and um you know just kind of went from there I had no training at all from from anybody but uh I had some breathing exercises but uh, no vocal training yeah I noticed you've got well, you know 
I mean, from a novice perspective, I think you've got a very good vibrato to your voice, and, and I've often wondered that. Now, was the decision, I mean, was, was Lizzie Borden founded as kind of a solo act, or was it kind of like Alice Cooper started out, where you were a band, and then everybody just kind of splintered away? Or, or was this kind of your, you're the mastermind from day one? From day one, you know, I mean, we had, uh, Joey Scott, drummer, and me, uh, were in a few different bands, and then I just got sick of trying to take these guys in different bands and, sh- and turn them into what I wanted them into. So I just said, look, I'm going to start my own thing. So I just put out ads and got guitar players that that wanted to do what I want to do right away so I didn't have to mold them into it. And then, you know, we ver- we went through various musicians over the years. And, you know, it becomes a band when you have, uh, you know, the right guys in the band. You know, we did this last record, uh, you know, half of it we did as a band, and the other half, you know, we did as uh, just uh, recorded it, you know, the, the way we always do, which is just go in there and record it and then bring musicians in to record on top of it. So, uh, you know, it, it's a little bit of both. I mean, there is, there's definitely a structure there, and the, the lineup that I have right now is uh, so great because the personalities yeah. mesh really well. Yeah, you've got some good players in the band. I mean, your drummer on the new record, phenomenal. I mean, you listen to the old records and the new records, but one thing that really jumped off the page at me was the proficiency on the drums. Uh, I think are really, really good. Now, back, what? The drums. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, back in, in the days of the, the PMRC, you were kind of obviously on their radar. I often wondered, you know, you didn't have a song necessarily in their Filthy 15, and was that kind of a disappointment? Did you at that point in your career, were you trying to write things that were somewhat notorious? You know, obviously, I'd give them the axe and songs like that. I mean, well, they had, uh, value you know, they had their, what's that? Was shock value something you shot, thought after? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, uh, you know, my heroes were Kiss, and if you looked at them as shock value, you know, I didn't think that there was a way to really shock anyone. I just wanted to be, uh, interesting and you know we did shock people uh you know in the early days when people weren't exposed to any of this stuff uh but you know after a while they got exposed to it so it, it, i didn't really do it for for the shock value as much as uh you know i just like the entertainment aspect of it you know and my heavy influences were you know the um the early uh horror movies of uh you know of the eighties, you know, some of the early stuff that was those were the really big influences. So it kind of brought some of that stuff on stage. Yeah. Uh, it would I mean as a as a kid growing up I in a, in that era, you know, I was into all the slasher movies and then there you came along with acts on stage and it was just the the perfect fit for someone of mine, you know you know, for me as a consumer. I was like you know, I love this kind of shock rock, love Kiss, love Alice, love Wasp, a lot of those bands, all those slasher movies, and there, there you were, like, perfect fit. That's kind of basically how, you know, the same way that I saw Kiss and went, wow, they were perfect, you know, for what I was looking for. Uh, you know, we tried to fit that mold, and we still do, to, to, to that other young kid that's in the audience going, wow, this is what I'm looking for. You know, a band like this that does whatever they do on stage, but they also can play, you know. Yeah. Now, the song, one song in particular that I, I wanted to get a little info on, the song American Metal. When when you guys put that song together, was that intentionally kind of 
Britain, because there was such a strong British influence in the early to mid-80s in the U.S., you know, with Def Leppard and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, or was it just kind of song from the heart, this is how we feel, or, or was it intentional? You know, it's probably my answer back, you know, because, you know, we were here at the very beginning of this whole thing, we, you know, before there was a uh, the 80s metal scene, you know, we were doing it. We were out there playing the clubs in front of, you know, it was the remnants of the punk scene. So, uh, you know, there was still a little bit of punk left over, but it was pretty much, you know, this new thing developing. And, uh, you know, the bands had already been doing it in the, on the, on the uh, you know, in London and stuff like that over there, but not over here. So I guess it was my my little, you know, I, I don't know. I just, well, I wanted to write a song that kind of fit that, uh, the scene that we were dealing with at that time. And American Metal just came along and said, okay, well, this is what we do. You know, we know what you do. This is what we do. And, you know, it's all about anthems. You know, those anthems came from, you know, my heroes. You know, in the past, they wrote anthems, you know. And uh, so I wanted to write an anthem that, that kind of told the story of of what we were doing at that time in the uh, in the early 80s. Yeah, and the mission accomplished. Now, fast forward to, to current times. How is, the, you know, the character of Lizzie Borden evolved? I mean, obviously, you don't look anything on stage like you used to with the giant hair. You know, you've got sort of a, you know, goth fan of the opera sort of thing going on. I mean, it was just time to evolve, or is, is can you kind of explain the transition? Well, I mean, you know, it was a transition. Early on, you know, I didn't know anything about anything. You know, the stage makeup I wore was just Halloween makeup. You know, I didn't, I did, I wasn't part of the glam Maybelline scene. You know, I didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> just smearing, you know, uh, Halloween makeup on. And as far as my hair, I wanted my hair as big as hell. If someone else had big hair, I wanted it bigger. So I just took a blow dryer out and just did it until it just frizzed and fried out. So that's what made it so outrageous. And I just kind of, after a while, got sick of using the blow dryer, so I stopped using it. <laughs> that's pretty much how it, how it ended up that way. Uh, you know, just stopped using the, the blow dryer to... Uh, to, to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. So, you know, I also wanted to create new characters. I mean, you know, when I went in and did the um, Master of Disguise record, I knew that it was going to be uh, a whole different thing. Uh, so, you know, I didn't go for the big giant hair thing on that. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then you know, it's, it's evolved from different characters over the years. Yeah, yeah. I, I often know that that was one of the things I noticed right away when you go through time, you know, that certainly a different visual aspect than, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with your stage presence in the, you know, like on a murderous metal roadshow video. I mean, it works considering that was 1990 or 1986, I should say, or whatever year that was. But, uh, yeah, I think if you came on a stage still looking like that, you know, you'd probably get panned. Um, the new album, uh, Appointment by Death, um, you said you that you did part of that as a band, and then part of it is kind of with some studio musicians, or was it just more of an overdubbing kind of thing? Well, what we did, we started doing it as a band, and we got uh, we wrote about ten or fifteen songs, and it kind of, you know, the songs that we did write, I I, I liked, but I didn't, you know, love. I wanted some more flavors to come into it, and we couldn't get that 
you know, with with doing it as a band. So I brought in some songs that I had, and you know, we all kind of toiled together to to make those songs, you know, what they what they ended up to be, and they were very different than than some of the other stuff. And then we brought in to some grade A guitar players like George Lynch and uh, Dave Manichetti from Y and T, uh, and Corey from Trivium, and uh, you know, stuff like that. And we just, you know, brought these people in and just, you know, just killed it. So, you know, that's what we did on the last, on the two records before, Deal With The Devil, brought in musicians and, 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 and uh, you know, we did some of it as a band and some of it we brought people in. And then uh, same with Master of Skies, that was all musicians that just came in, you know, to, to, to play on a record that was already, re- you know, recorded, just one of their parts on it. Okay. You do a lot of, are you involved in pretty much writing of all of the songs? Do you work with, you know, your guitarist or whomever to write the songs? Yeah. Everything, I well, usually, I mean, I I play guitar too, so I uh, if I don't write the song outright myself, then if someone comes in with a part, then I'll take a riff or or if they have a good portion of, you know, if they got two or three parts that I really like, then I'll take that and then turn it into a song. And then we all kind of take it and everybody, you know, Joey puts his his bent on how he wants to do the drums and and, and Martin does his thing on the bass. And, you know, we all kind of do it that way. But it's been different. You know, we every record has been different the way we actually approached. It's never been just the same thing. You know, we've always had a, a different way of doing it. But sometimes, you know, I'll have quite a lot of times I'll have a song completely done you know and then just bring it in then everyone just kind of plays on it and then they kind of add their own unique uh style to it okay now uh, as far as the live live set list kind of now i mean is it heavy on appointment by death or is it sort of a run through greatest hits or a little bit of both now well it's appointment it's appointment with death but uh, uh it's it's actually we started uh we had like six songs in the set for a while and then, uh, uh, but now we we do two or three or four or something like that. And uh, but it's a pretty much a you know we we're, we play a couple songs from each record you know pretty much the whole thing. Uh, but it's a great show. It's the best show we've ever done. You know I think uh, with a response we played you know any we played Spain we, you know festivals in Spain we played festivals in the U.S. Uh, we've played shows all over everywhere and. Uh, this is the biggest response we've ever had as far as, uh, you know, from the beginning of the intro tape to the end of the show, you know, the audience is on their feet reacting to the whole thing, which is, you know, even the parts where there should be just, just watching, they're actually reacting. So it's a, uh, it's a great show. It's, 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 like I said, it's the best show we've ever done. Yeah. I mean, and, and you've got, I think a very, I mean, the, the newest record, I think to me, as, as a fan, I think it's one of the strongest albums of the whole collection. So, I mean, it's got great material to pull from, both new and old. Um, can you talk about what Starwood is or was? Was that kind of a, a sideband? Yeah, that was a, an attempt to dig down in my glitter rock roots. You know, uh, you know some of those early bands... Uh, like Cheap Trick and uh, Sweet and, um, you know, and even some of the punk punk bands and, you know, some of that whole early 70s glitter rock movement, you know, uh, we wanted to try and do something fun and we knew that we couldn't put, put it under Lizzie Borden because it just was so far removed from anything that, you know, we, we, 
we definitely dig down deep on Lizzie Borden, but that was, you know, this was kind of a rock and roll record, so we had to create something else, so we did. And because I play guitar on stage, there's no theatrics. So it was one of those things where we said, okay, let's just invent this this band and just do it. And we recorded the first record, and everyone seemed to love it, so we, we had a great time. We actually recorded the second record, and it, it's like 99% done, but it's been it's been done for actually a couple of years now. But uh, uh, we're just looking for the right time and the right place to release it. It's a much better record than the first one. But uh, we've been so concert, we've been touring and and recording for Lizzie Borden, so we haven't really had time to concentrate. And I don't, I just, I don't want to just throw that out there. It's too good of a record just to do that. So hmm. we're waiting till there's a hole in the Lizzie Borden schedule so we can um, attack that and maybe uh, you know maybe tour on it and and the whole thing. Excellent. Yeah, that's got to be kind of liberating to be able to kind of step aside from Lizzie Borden and do something maybe completely different. You know, especially it is. It, it's fun. It's it's a it's a fun. We 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 played in Japan uh, with Starwood and we did some shows, you know, in L.A. and everything off the off the last record. It was a blast. I mean, it's just it's so opposite of Lizzie Borden. Like I said, there's no theatrics. The whole demeanor is different. So yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to do that. Excellent. I, I gotta ask. I saw in your bio you were a uh, hockey fan. Do you have a particular team you're pulling for uh, in the race for the cup this year? You know, uh, I, I follow the Kings religiously. So when they yeah, when they left, to, yeah. what's that? Yeah, I guess you have to being being from Orange yeah. County. <laughs> yeah, and in the desire that that they can finally actually build this team into you know, a contender, which I think they are doing. But, uh, yeah, after that, I haven't really watched that much because I've been uh, so busy getting this tour underway. So yeah. you don't have a lot of free time to sit in front of the tube. No, well, no time at all. <laughs> yeah, I want to um, thank you for taking the time out to talk to us. I think uh, it's going to be an incredible show. I, I You've got three of the top-notch uh, local metal bands uh, in the area going to be uh, on the bill with you that night. That's uh, May 28th at the Hard Rock Cafe. We can't wait to see you come in town, man. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, we're all excited about having, you know, the local talent play. We always try and do that, and uh, you know, because that's, that's what it's all about, you know, building this whole thing up again and having, you know, the, 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 local, the local talent come out and do their thing, and then we do ours, and it's a great night. Yeah, I think it will be. All right, man. Thanks for taking the time. All right, man. I'll see you.
right from the appointment with Dev album that was Lizzie Borden with Tomorrow Never Comes. Before the interview, you heard another new song, his latest single called Under Your Skin. Uh, you can check out a pretty cool video on lizzieborden.com and see uh, uh, how cool of a song and the visual imagery that uh, Lizzie is portraying now is just off the hook. Again, a reminder of the show, 528 Hard Rock Cafe, special guest Chip Dimonic, Dafka, Icarus Witch, and the legend himself, Lizzie Borden. Hope you get out to the show. The tickets are available at showclick.com. You can get more information at asylumentertainment2010.com or you can go to ironcityrocks.com and we'll have links to everything you need to know. Hope you enjoy the show and we'll check with you next time. Iron City Rocks welcomes Y&T. August 4th, Hard Rock Cafe, Pittsburgh. Tickets available at showclick.com and Ides Entertainment. New album, Face Melter, available May 21st at Ides Entertainment. Special guest, Icarus Witch and My69. An Asylum production. Get your face melted. 